Welcome to this week's episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites, brought to you by Bergen Community College and the Office of Student Life and Conduct. In each episode, we will introduce you to someone who can help make the most of your college experience. Welcome to a new episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites. Today is February 23rd, and we are joined by Caroline Kelly, an assistant professor of composition and literature, and as the chairperson, she is here to preview Women's History Month. Welcome, Caroline. Thank you for having me, Derek. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining us. All right, no problem, Caroline. Let's dive into it. Uh, Can you give us a little background about yourself and how you ended up at Bergen Community College? Oh, well, I was in New York City. I had been teaching at a number of different places. At that moment, I was uh, working at Baruch College. And, um, you know, I just had had a child and, you know, it was time to kind of settle down in one place. And it turns out that my grandparents and lived in Hohokus, New Jersey. So I had a little bit of a sentimental attachment to Bergen County, Um, I grew up, I was born in Alaska, and I grew up as an army brat. Um, Mostly the longest place anywhere was West Berlin, Germany, which of course is not really, doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, now it's unified Berlin, unified Germany. But um, I also lived in Georgia, Oklahoma, Vermont, Washington State, um, Washington, D.C. So I... Uh, I knew of two stable places in my life, where my father was from, Massachusetts, and where my mother is from. You know, they're both still alive, thank God. Uh, So my mother grew up in Hohokus, and so I always kind of had a a little connection there. So it it was an attachment, but but really there was a a job offer. And, um, you know, and so, uh, when you started Burn Community College, uh, was it your dream to be the chairperson of Women's History Month, or is that something you just got boggled into? <laughs> well, yeah, it was never my my dream, but <laughs> um, yeah, it, it turned out that the person who had been running Women's History Month before, my colleague and friend Maria Makovietska, she. I was there. I responded, you know, I responded. I said, Oh, well, maybe I can help. And, and it's, you know, actually Christine, um, Eubank is my co-chair. So we're co-chairs and, um, Christine is a little bit more experienced, um, in the organization, uh, at, of women's history month. Cause she, she worked on it last year as well. Um, so we, we, and we've been working really well together. All right. Excellent. Um, so sticking with the Women's History Month theme. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about, you know, this year's theme, some of the upcoming events, anything that you want to highlight, or you want to just take us through the whole program, however you want to do it? Well, the theme this year is women rewriting history. And that's um, open parentheses, R-E, close parentheses, writing history. So the emphasis is on the kind of more recent changes in political power, political positions that women have held. Like, uh, you know, we've got Kamala Harris as the um, vice president, and that's a big thing. She's, not, she's, a, she's a woman and she's a woman of color. So um, another kind of riff on, on the theme, 
Women Rewriting History, is one of the first productions uh, during the first week of Women's History Month. There will be a performance of Eurydice. Uh, it's not Eurydice, the myth by Ovid that we're performing. It's uh, one that was written by Sarah Rule, who's a contemporary playwright. So she reinterpreted and rewrote uh, the myth from the point of the myth of Orpheus from the point of view of Eurydice, who's in the original myth is just kind of a beautiful woman who who gets left in hell basically. She's left in Hades, or she dies again. So um, the revision um, in this case and the rewriting of history is just a, a, a version from a different perspective. Um, so that's during the first week of Women's History Month. Um, there will also be another kind of not a rewriting of history, but a redrawing of history. We have an artist whose name is Emily Lombardo, and Emily Lombardo um, has showed at MoMA, among other places. She's got a, an impressive um, resume of gallery showing, and sorry, museum showing. Um, she, uh, Emily Lombardo, took Goya's Los Capricos, uh, kind of a little bit uh, parodic or satirical portraits that he painted that kind of challenged the status quo at the time of these uh, characters. He, he named them, um, these characters. So she took this model and alongside his portraits, she drew her portraits. So this, uh, she kind of reinterpreted them both from the point of view of, of gender, of a, you know changing a gender perspective, uh, but also changing the normative perspective. She identifies as a queer, uh, a queer woman. Um, uh, and of course, from the perspective of the present tense of now. So anyway, she's going to talk and she's a great talker. She's a great speaker. So um, that's Emily Lombardo. And it's her, she's actually during... The, on, on the 30th of March, um, something that is interesting to me with my background in the Army and my, my brother, my grandfather was in the Navy and my brother was in the Air Force. He's still, actually, no, he's at the, he's no, he's the FAA now, not the Air Force. But um, our featured speaker is uh, Anurada Bhagwati. Anuradha Bhagwati is a woman who, uh, the daughter of immigrants, Indian immigrants, um, she was educated, perhaps she might, she might say over-educated, and oh, it was overemphasized that she succeed at school in academics, but she always liked sports growing up, and that was maybe one of the reasons why she decided to drop out of graduate study at Columbia University and join the Marines. Um, so she became, uh, you know, a, a Marine captain. Did she get higher than that? She left, uh, because, uh, a, on behalf of, um, some of her female non-commissioned non officers, on behalf of her non-commissioned officers in her, uh, troop, in her training, uh, battalion, uh, I'm not sure if that's the right word, training battalion, I think, or group. Um, she, 
went to the Office of Human Resources at the base in North Carolina and lodged a sexual harassment complaint. And that was not looked at very well. Uh, she, her reputation and her, you know, her, her quote unquote team player status diminished really quickly. And it became difficult for her to be in the Marines anymore. And so she left. And now she's become an advocate for female veterans and women in the military. And she really was, she's an, um, she kind of embodies what the general theme for Women's History Month is in 2021, which is choose to challenge. Because she challenged all of the uh, stereotypes, but also the lowered, lowered uh, standards that the Marines had held for women uh, recruits and trainers and, um, uh, you know, women who are um, being trained, what do you call them? Grunts you know, the beginning stage grunts. She, um, she said, uh, no, don't cha- don't make it easy for me. I want to do, you know, full on pull-ups. I don't want to do these easy girl pull-ups. I want you to give me the hardest you've got because I can do it. So she really wanted to challenge herself and along with challenging all the kind of gender stereotypes. Um, and she, you know, she, she succeeded. She was, uh, uh, you know, she, you, you should read the book. I, the book, which title I haven't mentioned, is, is Unbecoming a Memoir of Disobedience. Unbecoming a Memoir of Disobedience. Because I guess the idea is that you you have to kind of disobey. You know, you have to kind of reject standards that are, that you, that you feel are crippling you and somehow, and, and you have to, uh, <laughs> you have to choose to challenge. That's what I'm trying to get at. Choose, choose to challenge means sometimes appearing to be disobedient or appearing to be, um, to going against the, the norm. Um, okay. Okay. Now, wait a second. I'm not sure if I've mentioned everything about Women's History Month. Uh, during the second week of Women's History Month on, on International Women's Day, which is March 8th, we have a panel on intersectional feminism. And that's, uh, uh, intersectional feminism is, um, the feminism um, that's led by women of color rather than simply white women. Um, so there, there's been a you know a trajectory in uh, in America in this country um, where white feminists uh, were maybe the ones some of them were were kind of racist in the beginning when they were trying to get the right to vote, um, and so. You know, you could say, you might say that mainstream white female feminism was a little corrupted at some point. And along the way, in the 80s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, when women of color took a more prominent role in American feminism. And uh, so we're, we're calling this intersectional feminism. So that's a panel. It's a discussion among um, women at the college. It's actually led by me. 
and I'll be talking to Lou Ethel Rolleston, Gemma Figaro, Gloria Savalo, and uh, a couple other students um, whose names I don't have on me right now. Um, and so I think that'll be a great thing to, to listen to. Um, and that's on March 8th. And we have also uh, a on March 11th, From Being Property to Owning Property, Women's Economic Transformation. Um, because it really wasn't that long ago where uh, when women were property and they weren't given the, as wives, as daughters, they were property. So they weren't given um, also the, the power to uh, own property. And actually New Jersey was an ex- exception to that. Um, but this is something that my co-chair, Christine Eubank, will talk about on March 11th. Um, we have an honors salon uh, on the 22nd of March, um, and that's going to be a discussion of the Me Too movement. On the 23rd of March, we have a student-led uh, panel, Women in Outdoor Careers, and that's going to be really interesting. Outdoor careers such as park, park rangering, um, uh, what are other outdoor careers? Uh, I don't have to... Okay, I'll tell you. Um, I'm sorry. I, uh, that's okay. And just a little sales pitch. We are going to have the student that's hosting that as a future guest on this very podcast. Jade okay. Tallis is her name. Yeah, she's great. Uh, so wildlife biology, professional guiding, environmental education, and public land stewardship. So she'll she'll talk about that, I'm sure, in your in her podcast better than I can. But that's going to be an exciting um event on the 23rd of March. Um, that On that day also, we have a discussion of uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual, queer issues um, at, the, at the school. And we'll have representatives from Bergen Pride and so on. And that's going to be a very interesting panel. On the 24th is Anuradha Bhagwati. She's the one who wrote Unbecoming a Memoir of Disobedience, and she'll talk. Uh, we've also got some interviews with um, local politicians along with uh, representatives of the Bergen student government, including Leila Matwali, the the, uh, president, Uh, and they are going to talk about women in leadership. And that's going to be on the 26th of March. On the 29th of March, our very own Jen Reyes is leading, and Kathy Pignatelli are leading a panel called Don't Call Me Crazy, Women's Health, Women's Mental Health, uh, Promoting Health uh, During the COVID Pandemic. And that is also the United Nations uh, 2021 um, Women's, uh, International Women's Day theme, essentially. The, the difficulty uh, for women during this pandemic, because as you know, a lot of women uh, both work and are primary caregivers of their children. And many women have had to quit their jobs because, uh, you know, their kids are no longer in school because, uh, so it, it's, uh, this pandemic and the conditions of, uh, that, it, uh, the social conditions that have resulted from the schools being closed and, uh, has been particularly difficult on women. 
And that's what the United Nations focus is on this year. Um, so women's mental health is uh, 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 something we will also talk about. One thing I haven't mentioned is uh, I haven't mentioned that we've got an essay content contest as well. And we're looking for, um, uh, you know, creative uh, personal essays, um, true personal essays that describe your experience. And that features for Women's History Month. So we want to look at women's experience. Uh, not that it's the excluded to a woman's perspective. You know, in other words, the, the essays can be written by, by men too or by males. So, yeah, I think I went over everything, almost everything. I, I, I'm sure I missed something, but um, it's going to be really great this year. So I hope everybody can come. Well, Professor Kelly, thank you certainly for sharing that. What I'll say is as you went through the list of different events, um, I, I was drawn by the, the names of the events that, that you and your committee had provided for them. I think that they, at least for me, I wrote down on my end three events that you know, it's it's tough to get people to be a captive audience, especially now a year into the pandemic. And I think that some of the naming and some of these events really, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited because I'm going to tune into them and stuff that I think before you coming on here, I wouldn't have even been even knowing that they would were going on and things like that. So thank you for certainly sharing that. In terms of in terms of the question that I have for you and your theme of women rewriting history. One of the things that I want to ask you about is how we can rewrite the calendar and Women's History Month and focusing on women's rights and the whole feminist movement, we'll call it, shouldn't be exclusively to the, what is it, the 31 days of March? What ways would you say to our listeners that we can help support women around the clock, around the calendar? Um, feel free to take that any way you'd like. Well, I mean, in the same way that, you know, we shouldn't think about Black Lives Matter only during Black History Month, you know, that, you know, you should be sensitive to problems with racism all year round. We should also be sensitive to problems with sexism and misogyny all year round. I mean, I think it's important in the same way that it's important to talk about racism. I think it's also important to talk about, you know, sexism and misogyny. I mean, you know, um, I don't think that the Me Too movement satisfied everybody. I think people, in other words, I think there was, it was very important for women to get their voices out and for some sort of cultural reckoning with the problem of sexism and misogyny and harassment. Um, but at the same time, it, you know, it, it sometimes came off as a little, a hysterical episode, forgive me, but a, uh, you know, an excess instead of a justice. And so, you know, you, that requires all of our attention and all of our care and concern. And I think that's really what it is. It's about care and concern. It's about, you know, um, seeing, acknowledging a problem and then reflecting on it and um, trying to um, you know, reckon with it uh, as an individual to, you know, what choose to challenge is, you know, that sort of puts it in a very uh, <clears throat> confrontational way. But it, it doesn't have to be a confrontation. It's it's 
simply um, a, a, way, a listening, maybe, being able to listen to people, um, working with people. I think that's probably the most important thing. I mean, I went to the uh, anti, How to Be an Anti-Racist seminar last semester, and I thought it was so great. Um, and one of the best things that he said uh, was um, uh, you work with people, not for people, with people, not for people. And that is just like, yeah, if you just think of how simple that is, it applies on so many different levels, you know. Um, so, you know, I think that that'll that applies also to women's history month or women's, you know, year round support. Right. Excellent. Um, so maybe, maybe, maybe some of that will feed into this, this last question that I always like to ask. So the, the motto for our, our office is leave your mark. So whether it's in the classroom as part of your work with women's history month, you know, how you relate to people on campus, what mark do you hope to leave at Bergen? Well, I don't see myself going anytime soon, you know, uh, that's kind of that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and I, I, so I sort of don't like to think of myself in the past tense, mm-hmm. uh, having left my mark. Um, and I don't really have a particular goal or mark to leave, you know, but I really think here, here's how I want to answer that question. I, I mean, to me, uh, uh, you know, my my education was important to me. My educators left, you know, left their marks on me. Um, they, um, you know, influenced me in one way or another. Um, they were important figures in my life. They mentored me. And that's what I would like to be able to do to my students, you know. I understand that sometimes, um, well, I have a lot of students, like a, you know, like a hundred students. So I mean, they. Anyway, I'd like to be able to leave a positive mark on my students somehow. All right, Caroline, you've been all over the world, and I'm, we're glad that you found a home base at Burn Community College. And uh, thank you for previewing Women's History Month for us and our audience. Thank you very much, Jared. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Greg. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. All right. Uh, for our listeners, you could find uh, all the events for Women's History Month soon on the college's events calendar. If our listeners at home have any questions about this episode or would like to make any recommendations, please contact us at studentlife@bergen.edu or our Instagram page at Bergen SLC. From Jared, Greg, and Ian, see you next week. And to all our bulldogs at home, keep on barking. And that wraps up another episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites. If you have any questions about this episode or suggestions for future guests, please email us at studentlife at bergen.edu. Thanks for stopping by.